to the Lake Ray Art Lab podcast. I'm Lindsay Noel. I'm Jenny Bookler. I'm Chris Heine. And I'm Francesca Butchko. And here we are on a beautiful, what day is it? Saturday. Saturday, Saturday morning. Now we've broken the illusion. Oh, no. Whatever day <laughs> it is. That illusion is the thing you've been trying to protect since the beginning of the podcast. Yeah, but I don't okay. think anyone believed we were actually recording it <laughs> Monday morning at 6 a.m. That's fine. <laughs> So, so be it. So, and we're here with good company, Peeps, our tiny bird. Not just Peeps, not just like your friend's Peeps, but Peeps the bird. <laughs> and uh, we're wanting to tell you about all the things that are happening here. The <laughs> The next thing that's coming up happens to be, actually, is this the next thing? Bowerbird. We actually have a game night this weekend, oh, so that's kidding. probably the very next thing. Okay. The very next thing is Thursday's game night, which is all about feasting because it is the game night before Thanksgiving. So we're going to have a food where you're trying to get food, you're making food, you're doing all sorts of things with food, passing food, eating food. So yeah, game night Thursday. I don't know the date <laughs> off the top of my head. I don't have my oh, man. event I think calendar. it is the 19th. Go to lightgrayartlab.com slash event calendar and you will see it there. Although you should just go to the website and click event calendar because it probably has some dashes or something in there. <laughs> We're doing a good job. Today. <laughs> Do you want to start anyway, over? game night is this week. We also have, just in case you guys haven't seen it yet, the Cosmos exhibition is up for another two weeks. You can see all the beautiful uh, celestial imagery and artwork. Um, the artwork for the show, there's 100 people who've done um, all varieties of space-related things from mythology to the 88 modern constellations, all the really cool stories and back, background behind some of the like bigger themes in the night sky, as well as all the planetary and um, astral influences. You can also check out the Cosmos Project. And then on November 21st, we may have said to you guys it's a different date, so that you should pay attention yes. to this one. So the November 21st from 5 to 7 p.m., which is on a Saturday, we're going to be turning back on all the fiber optics and turning off the lights so you guys can check out all the, um, I don't know, it looks like a planetarium in it here, really which is does. really cool. It's nice. And if you were on like a barbecue spit, you know what I'm saying? If you're taped or <laughs> wait what yep. if you were wrapped <laughs> and the barbecue with, spit was vertical. <laughs> vertical and we were cranking it slowly it'd be like you're traveling through space and time or or maybe that you were just running around the earth really fast so since we don't have one of those you'll just have to stand in the center by yourself and just yeah. twist yourself and check it out yeah so if you want to see the <laughs> see the fiber optic installation you should definitely stop by that day um i will also be doing any cosmos reading so if you want your uh cosmic reading your interpretation from the sky i will happily give that to you that sounds awesome i should just come in there just for that so <laughs> you'll pretend you're somebody else i'll be like hello can i please have my cosmic reading but i'm excited about that we had a really good time on the opening reception um, turning out the lights and really seeing all the the constellation it's really cool and so um of course you guys if you've seen the project online you've seen all of the constellations on each card and so you can kind of get a sense of what the shapes are and like what the layouts are for each one of them and so again it's a fun quiz so if you think you know some of the 88 modern constellations, or if you want to quiz yourself on some of like the astral bodies or planetary meanings or things, all that information is under each one of the pieces of work too, and can be found online also if you're not able to join us. It's um, super fun. And then I believe finally <laughs> we have been, 
really anticipating this for a couple weeks now, maybe actually a couple months. Um, we've got Bowerbird, our upcoming show on December 4th from 7 to 10 p.m. It's all about curators and collectors. And so we've asked a ton of artists to come up with their best collections and to dig in all of the cool things that they um, put on their curio shelves and do a piece about it. And so I've seen some really fun snippets. Um, I know there are some <laughs> some interesting clothing articles that I've seen little tiny snippets of. Mm-hmm. I have seen um, also some kind of macabre looking things. Francesca, sorry, have, have you seen? I I have something in my eye. <laughs> okay, Francesca's collection is all the things in her eye that she picks. Random out. stuff in her <laughs> eye. Okay, her sleep like crust from every blind. morning on her shelf. That's gross. No, <laughs> Francesca will have eye booger collection, and then um, but I've seen a bunch of cool stuff. Yeah, come there's through some on really fun stuff. Instagram, Twitter, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So if you guys haven't seen it, or you want to get a teaser, you could definitely go and check it out. Um, we always retweet all the the process from people. So. I'm super excited. I, I, what do we, we got a bunch of them in the mail already also. We did. Yep. So they're all coming in this week and this is actually a really fun show. We've done a couple swaps like this in the past. Um, so all the artists are sending a limited edition series of postcards, which range from screen prints to like spot varnish to all sorts of really fun techniques. But each artist in the show gets a package of every single collection. So they get massive collection in themselves and they can send them back out into the world or collect them or any variety of those things. All those things um, are So good. it's really fun. So there'll be a limited edition of each postcard available at the opening or after the opening as well as like bigger prints and stuff like that. So if you're into collections, if you're into collecting anything, this show is really fun. It's awesome. So I'm excited about that. And then also just maybe I'm sure we've got some game nights in there, but I'm going to skip that for a second, Chris, just for one second, because I really, really want to talk about the cookie party. We have, what is it? The fourth now? Maybe the fifth. Yeah, it's the fourth. The well, fourth here. The fourth at Light Gray. At Light Gray. But we every year get together, bake a billion cookies, and then ask everybody else to bake a billion cookies. And then we put them all in sanitary piles <laughs> around the gallery. I was going to say a pile in the gallery, and then I realized, no, it's not an insulation. Yes. It is an actual yes. cookie feast. Yes. And we put them all around, and then what we ask you guys to do is just bring a box. So bring a batch of your own cookies and bring a box and come and grab a billion cookies for yourself. Take them home and eat them. Um, we also have like ice cold milk and coffee mm-hmm. and tea. We usually have prizes for different oh, yeah. kinds of cookies, like the most unique or most glamorous or other things like that yeah I think all the information for that is on the Facebook page it's on Mm -hmm. Sunday um December 13th Mm -hmm. from one to three so it's a little short little tiny thing in there but if you want to come get your your holiday cookies or show off your baking skills or win some stuff um come on over but it's really just Mm -hmm. for fun get the community together and then eat a bunch of stuff so yes yeah Yeah. (laughs) so if you if you want to participate in the cookie swap you are more than welcome we also have another really fun swap that we do every holiday um it's called make my holiday where you can sign up to get paired with another artist from around the globe so we match you up and then you can make something really special for them and mail it out in time for the holiday in the new year um so you can find all the details and sign up um anyone who signs up gets to participate and it's on the blog which is likerayartlab.com slash blog yep and again that's called make my holiday if you're looking for that and so um i think you have until november 19th 
to sign up. And then we just take a day or two to get all the names back out. And mm-hmm. so we send a big email to everybody and pair you up with people. So um, everybody is welcome. So if, you, if you're interested in meeting a new friend across the earth, um, that would be awesome. So. Yeah. And I'll say one more thing about the cookie party. Yeah. It is legal to bring bars. Oh, mm. yes. I see. Is it legal bars. to bring store-bought? It is. Yeah, but we'll if frown at you. you take it out of the package. No, you won't frown at you. I'll frown at you. <laughs> you bring a Starbucks cookie. <laughs> Unless it's gorgeous. I feel like people have bought... I oh, yeah, people always did. Thing. All right, it'll yeah. just be me frowning. I'll turn around and I'll face the wall yeah. and frown. Well, if you bring any bar form things... <laughs> That's fine. I'll... Or clusters. Like, Jenny makes these puffy-looking things. Yes, Cocoa Puff <laughs> clusters. <laughs> yeah, those are pretty good. Not, not okay. technically a cookie. What? Not technically, it a, not cookie. technically a cookie. It's a cookie. It's like a clump. It's a no bake. No bake. I know bake. Jenny likes to to put things like mush things together with marshmallows. Just yeah. Take anything she's got. And just <laughs> yep. put a marshmallow. Oh, so in. do I. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best. I love cookies yeah so (laughs) (laughs) so that's awesome and i'm gonna make the grannyest of all cookies that aren't even sweet so get ready for that (laughs) at this this point it's a cracker (laughs) like plug on my cracker party yeah so sad that's okay i'll just eat them by myself um so uh we were talking last night about interesting podcast topics and francesca mentioned um because of a conversation we were having we we were Describing the qualities, this is the kind of conversations we have, describing the qualities of leadership. (laughs) We said, said, hello, Francesca. It's so much more interesting in real life when you say it like that. (laughs) This is like, you're like, how's it going? Oh, good. Oh, good. Okay. What are are your favorite qualities of a good leader? (laughs) We talked into the wee hours of the night, talked about it. It was a little bit more organic than that, but... Um, I'm going to bring it back up uh, on Francesca's uh, request because I think that actually is a really good topic for what's going on just in the in the media that we're consuming and the stuff that's going on and, and all that kind of stuff. So I'm actually going to start out this podcast by asking you guys a couple of questions because I think we need to sort of set the stage for what's our version of a good or a bad leader or what what are the, and I already asked you, Francesca, but we should say it again. What are the qualities of a good leader? Or what, what do you think needs to happen for somebody to be a leader? And so I'll ask all you guys. So The leaders that I respect, you tend to not see them stress or freak out, yet that doesn't mean that they're not. And I think for a long time, like, like you think when you're a kid and you're, you know, you look up to your parents and you don't realize that they're human. And I feel like <laughs> parents or being a parent is kind of a form of being a good leader mm-hmm. because you have to always save face for your kids and make decisions for them and kind of console them constantly. So, and, and I was thinking about leaders that we have now and how they basically do a version of that same thing because I'm sure they are concerned about everything. So um, do you think that being a leader, one of the biggest qualities is about um, managing the perceptions of people? Yes. Is that basically what you just said, kind of? Yes, yeah. So so it's, do you think, and you guys too, Do you? how much do you think that actually leadership actually means having a vision and telling people what to do? I think it probably means 
a fair amount of it, but I think the word vision might be misleading in this case because there's multiple stacks of leaders. It's like turtles all the way down. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, Wait, what? All leaders. <laughs> what is that? Turtles standing on turtles? Yeah. What? That's in the Stephen Hawking book. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. I was well, the like... turtle carries around the world on its back and then... Oh. What's what is this turtle standing on? Probably another and he turtle. Said, Turtles all the way down. Oh. Um, Just <laughs> because I think a leader could be somebody who's executing like a company goal or something like that. So maybe they, I mean, their vision might be smaller in scope. So I think they do have a vision of how they need to get their specific task done with their specific team within the confines of their specific realm within this bigger company or something like that. Um, because yeah. a lot of the leaders I think about as as far as like careers and jobs and things like that usually aren't the leader of the company. They're not the head person in charge. They're usually like, you know, the art director or something Somebody like that. Somebody plowing forward with like a yeah. unique something. And if you looked at the company hierarchy, a art director is low, 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 low on the totem pole of all the people who might be leaders at that company. But that's who I'm thinking of when I think of like a leader that I would know personally. Well, before um, before we dissect these ones, I got a couple other questions regarding this. And then Francesca, hold your thought, but, but don't forget it, okay? Um, what about the fact that, like, so you said people, people management skills, right, Francesca? And you said somebody with a vision, kind of, but within their own realm. What about manipulation? And I'm saying that in a, I guess there should have been a more fun word than that. But but what about the people that can rally anybody together to do anything because of their charisma? That's what I should have said. Yeah. Charismatic people that are like, let's do this thing. And then they have the quality of leadership. Why? Because they were able to get the resources to do something and to, to lead people into a new realm. Yeah. I think some people just are naturally leaders and it's it's not even something that they might aspire to do but they're just have that personality and they also are charismatic enough to to have people follow them do you think that that is a different that's a different thing though being naturally born leader and being charismatic and being and having people want to follow you and you get that far you get to the point where everybody's like you know you've rallied the troops and they're like yeah and then do those people always have the skill set to continue doing what they need to do as a leader? Or is it is that just part of the skill set that you need? Or is that the most important part? See, and that's the thing that I think we're going to try and figure out with this discussion is that I feel like when we think about the idea of a leader, and Jenny, you might have some thoughts too mm-hmm. about what you think one is, but um, depending on who you are, you probably have like a priority that you think is like the most important quality as a leader, either like, you know, being able to kind of smooth things over and just make things normal or being able to pioneer something like a concept and then, you know, lead by doing yourself, you know, or somebody who can rally a bunch of people and get people excited and maybe not do all the work, but have Mm -hmm. like, you know, the, the energy to get people to move, you know, um, or something else. And I, I don't think everybody's got every single quality like that. And I think depending on what your job is, you probably have, uh, elements that shine greater than some of those. 
So what about, um, we talk about this sometimes, and I, I'm going to bring it up just because I feel like this is one of those jobs that is is certainly a leadership role in some ways. But then I want to compare it to another kind of leadership job, but but I don't have a good example yet. So the one that I want to talk about first is the difference between a manager of a shop or restaurant mm-hmm. and a teacher. Yeah, those are totally different. I and mean, what makes them so different? Yeah, it's well, okay. So there's a couple of different things, and I've seen this through like years of being in like the food industry or whatever. Um, so there's a huge difference between. Well, maybe not as big as now that I'm like having these revelations in my mind. So in the food industry, you are managing a team of people, but you are also considering like the customer and the experience and whatever else. So like your job is to smooth over one side while like keeping the other side happy. So it's interesting. And my experience of it is anytime they promote somebody to like a management position, it's never the person that you as like a coworker would think it would be. You'd be like, oh, you're the best one at your job. So they'd promote the best one. But that's never how it is. It's usually like the average person who also has leadership qualities. Like they would be good at standing up for something or they follow the rules or I don't know, they're good at talking to people or something like that and so it's not necessarily the person that is like Serves the number the one star the yeah yeah like the star server the star employee it's always somebody that they're like you might not be the best at the thing that you're currently doing but we see potential in what you could do you know oh, so I, I do think it's different so if I was to contrast that with a teacher a teacher's like of course they are worrying about their own role as the teacher and what they're doing. And like, it's also their job. So they're promoting themselves as a person. But then they're also like, instead of thinking of the customer, they are thinking of like the potential of each student. Like the outcome. Yeah, like, and even the student's work is a reflection of how good or bad they're teaching. So their primary role is to make sure the students are doing their best. Yeah. You know? A teacher is such a strange form of a leader I feel like because it isn't like when I when I think of a leader I think of somebody who is I'm just going to say the president because that's the easiest one but it's somebody who is kind of at the head of all these people who are kind of coming together to do a unified thing where a teacher at least in art school when you're teaching you're dealing with individuals and you're not necessarily having those individuals like come together and make the same thing like they're all kind of doing individual pieces, and so so it's more like of, a tree or something. Like they're yeah. branching out. Well, well, you 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 have a, such a role of at least, and this is also just the way that I teach. But I felt much more like a counselor that, than a leader as a teacher because you have to. I mean, you're talking to individuals and you're kind of working with each of their needs, you know, rather than being like, "All right, you do this, you do this, you do this, and we're gonna do this," and that that's kind of what I think of when I think of like, I don't know, president type leader. Well, I um, I might have a conflicting opinion. Uh, so when I think about the president, I think about somebody who just has to juggle a billion things and assigns uh, like people the authority to pr- proceed. 
And then you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, you're the master of that. Figure it out. Go ahead. Yep. That seems okay. So present me your case. I'm going to say that it's all right to move ahead. I'm yeah. not going to think about it any more than that, you know. Um, and I think that although somebody has to be at the top to sign off on something and expect that everybody beneath them is doing their job in a good, normal way, I actually feel like it's probably pretty similar to teaching a class because, again, you're not like there are two two different things that happen in like my classroom, for example, and um I'm looking for maybe not, maybe more than two. I'm looking for a specific outcome. I have challenges that need to be met. Productivity has to be high. I do want to try and and help people capture like their individual ways that they get inspired or that they're most productive or the best ideas that they can have. And that does require having like a fairly moderate to intimate knowledge of who they are and what they're trying to do. And that also is like a relationship thing, you know, it's like, it's, it's interesting. But then I do think like overall, my goal as a teacher needs to be that like, I'm thinking about like the, like the long goal or whatever, that these people have to be prepared when they leave my class, regardless of like the, the, the minutia of what they're doing in their day to day, they have to be prepared in order to move on when they leave. So there is like kind of a bigger goal that trumps everything. So, so I, I think it's funny because I don't know, I don't know if I get stuck in the, like, I don't blanket teach, but I do know that there are certain things that I have to make sure that we're all moving at the same pace. And I think it's mm-hmm. interesting because in that case, if I say it like that, then to me, there might not be that big of a difference between like a leadership position in an organization and a teacher. Because again, you kind of are trusting each student or trusting each like person that works with you that they are going to do their best with what they have. Right. Because the good quality of being a leader is similar to what Branches was saying about being a teacher where it's talking to individuals and not treating everyone like like they can't do it or just like a machine and just being like what can you do show me telling you a thing and everyone execute on it it's it's usually going to be more granular and talking to individuals and and just like being a teacher where you you are instructing the class but you're also instructing individuals it is a funny thing to juggle though you know what i mean like because if if your job as like a, a manager somewhere is just to get everybody to like you that's not a very good manager either you know, like, well, that's probably not your job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the funny thing. I think a lot of people are like, oh yeah, you got to be, you know, you have to have certain qualities. So, so if you guys were to think of some of the best managers, teachers, or leaders that you have ever seen, heard of, or interacted with, what would you think are some of the things that float to the top for you? Like you've, you've like, have you been inspired to work really hard because of this personality or because of the end goal? Or they were so articulate that they got you enthused to do something. You know, you were like, I'm inspired. That was an awesome speech. Or you listened to a talk from somebody and they were like. What are examples of for types example, of things? Um, for example, uh, they could be. Um, inspiring by just doing it themselves in their own little bubble. For example, um, when I see people doing unique things that seem to be intriguing and they're fairly transparent about their process, I feel like they're leading 
just by doing, you know, for example, I've talked about them before on the podcast, um, I think, but way back when I quit my second corporate job, I started freelancing and I was looking for a role model really. And I was not very close with this person, but, um, I kind of had this idea that I was going to look to somebody who had done it before or who had figured it all out, you know, or had like the kind of lifestyle that I was looking for. And, um, I kind of landed on just appreciating what Nick Grady from Uptown Tattoo does because he was a businessman. He was successful. He drew for a living. He dealt with a small fun team of people that he enjoyed the company of, you know, um, and he worked really hard. And I thought that that was like leading by example. He never sat down with me until like years later and told me that I need QuickBooks, you know, <laughs> and he'd give me, you know, art advice every now and again, but it wasn't like he was sitting over my shoulder telling me what to do. I just saw what he was doing and I was like, that guy's got it under control. The other thing is um, I have had like managers that I just wanted to prove, like they gave me the opportunity to prove myself. And so I worked really hard to... And I can't really tell. I don't know if it was because I was like excited that they gave me the chance to like do something and that they weren't micromanaging, but it made me want to do more and prove that I was doing something unique and exciting, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know what I mean? I was, yeah. I was thinking of um, when I was in high school and I was in drama and we uh, we put, I was worked on like four was it four plays, four or five plays. And our director was the kind of person who had, she had a kind of a singular vision for what she wanted the play to be. And then the rest of us each had different talents that we all had to put together and kind of make this thing. But she cared so much about that singular vision that like I found it inspiring and I, it did make me want to work harder because you could almost see that she could see something the rest of us couldn't. And you were aspiring to kind of work towards that end product. And then when the end product happened, it was always really exciting for everyone, you know? And I think the funny thing about it, too, was even talking with her afterwards, she'd be like, well, you know what? What came out of this isn't exactly like this vision that I had. It's kind of what you guys made. But she needed to have that kind of um, persistence in pursuing this one thing so the rest of us would kind of follow and work together. But... um, with that case, I think what was most inspiring was her passion for the project as a whole that kind of made us want to work together. I mean, did she sit there and outline it every day? I feel like... No, I... no, no, no. She, she's more, she's much more emotional of a person than that. But um, there's different routines, that, like different like rehearsals and practices and like blocking and like things like that that everybody would do. And... She would not like she wouldn't let any of us do subpar. Like if we did it subpar, we have to do it over and we do it over and over and over and over again. But it was never like none of us ever felt like it was her just being cruel and making us do something over. It was more of we hadn't quite reached the thing yet. Well, that's a really awesome thing, though, to know that she was able to not like burn you out with changes. You know, I feel like that's one of those things, too, with just in in creative relationships or in any relationships, if you do it wrong, it's a good thing to learn from your mistakes. But then there's also a sensitivity that comes with being a good leader where you're like, let me show you how to like, you know, like these things can help you excel. 
and not just yeah. be like you're doing it wrong you're doing it wrong do it over learn well she also learn, like you know she she also respected and treated us like she knew that we could do it right and so i think like everybody wanted to do better because she wasn't like well that's good enough we're gonna <clears throat> we're gonna keep doing this mm-hmm. or we're gonna keep moving forward she was like nope you you can get this we're gonna do it again until you get it right and there was something kind of like that felt very respectful of everybody that was there. And the thing is everybody in a small production like that, everybody has a role that is pretty big. Like everything that you're doing, like if one person doesn't show up, then everything grinds to a halt. Mm -hmm. So everybody felt important. And that also really helps. So do you guys feel like in that case, like your individual personalities, like I know you and, and Jenny have, kind of similar ways of thinking about stuff but I'm sure Jenny you have some other things to add and Chris I know I know you also have something totally different I feel like the kinds of people that I want to follow are the people that let me do my own thing and they appreciate my efforts (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. I can't handle leaders that get all over my case for little tiny details I don't do well with that and I also don't do well with um leadership that doesn't recognize the you know like what somebody went through like I feel like there's sort of that that like you said there's a trust and a respect that somebody has the ability to do something and I appreciate that in in good leaders but I also think that the personal relationship does matter a lot to me I always for whatever reason always prefer a mentor mentee kind of leadership relationship than a this person's untouchable and I just have to be afraid of them you know yeah I mean there's definitely some jobs I've had where somebody is like they're like oh don't don't make Phil angry or whatever (laughs) and you're like uh like what is he not a real person you know yeah so you know what I mean I do I think I I mean I agree the things that I it's easier to pinpoint like the things that you don't like in a leader than it is to say like this is what makes up a good leader what because don't, it is what so, don't you like in a like I also don't like like micromanaging or um I don't know I mean I would also prefer somebody to be nice or respectful or <laughs> anything like that <laughs> so it's easier to say like if they're doing this then they're not doing a good job at what they're doing um but it's harder because a lot of the time, and I, I find this in like almost everything, you don't know what somebody's doing like minute to minute, you know? And so it's really hard, especially if somebody has a separate office or if they're in a separate area to like see all the things that they're doing. And I know I used to have a hard time with this. And I think you were talking about this before too, where you're like, I do so much more than yep. this person that's above me, but yep. you also don't realize all the things that they are taking care of that you just don't see. And so it is really hard to say like, this is what makes them good at their job because I'm sure there are lots of things that make them good at their job. And it's probably like what Francesca said, they're probably smoothing over some hard stuff so you don't have to see it. Right. You know, or people that keep things under wraps so that the rest of the team feels good. I was thinking about that because I've been watching all of these shows um, and there was one that we we were talking or I was listening to them talk about sea captains and sea captains that set out to stop pirates and Mm -hmm. oh i'm gonna forget his name francesca you might know because you're scholarly um there's a an uh english sea captain that set out to go um and stop a bunch of crazy pirates 
uh, or was this recently? No, it was like okay. a million years ago. Okay, it's like a bazillion <laughs> years ago. <laughs> and right. and then his he was out there with like a hundred guys on his on his boat ship thing. I was gonna say yacht, but it was a yacht. And probably not a yacht. Probably not a yacht. <laughs> probably not a canoe. It was Crusty a boat. It was a giant, huge thing. And his all of his crew was super ticked after a while because they had been out at sea for like a billion and you know days or whatever and they hadn't run into any pirate ships and the whole purpose of them going out there was to go and get all of this like loot because they could keep whatever they wanted you know um so the the sea captain started to hear the rumblings of his crew and there were a couple people that started to kind of plan a revolt because nothing was getting done you know Mm -hmm. and he ended up um either by reaction or or whatever ended up killing one of the the revolting people because at sea of course that back in the day stuff like that happened all the time but Mm -hmm. it kind of stopped the the mutiny that was starting to happen and eventually what happened is his crew just was doing whatever they wanted and took over a vessel that was an ally and took all the stuff and killed a bunch of people because they were like we want our treasure and we want it now we're going to get whatever next boat shows up. I was going to say, when the, when you told me that their reward was just they get to plunder whatever they wanted off whatever they... And I was like, aren't doesn't that kind of just make them pirates? Yeah. <laughs> so they get they get to stop their, you know, in quotes, bad guys. Right. You know, like the enemies of Britain or whatever. Yeah. So, um, and what happened was, yeah, they were like, well, we haven't gotten anybody. There's no bad guys out here. So the next person that shows up is, that's our payment. And the captain was like, you shouldn't do that. And they were like, we're going to kill you. (laughs) So anyway, he was dealing with this like mutinous crew. And I was thinking about it. And I was like, back in the day, I used to work for a company that had gone through major transition and a new president rolled in and they had smashed two smaller companies together and fired a bunch of people and tried to make it normal but instead they had duplicates of certain roles and they had deficits of certain roles and the president showed up and of course everybody was instantly ticked because it was different than what they had been doing for like Mm -hmm. the last forever Mm -hmm. and so when the president showed up everybody was like we're not into this and who are you and why do you get to tell us how our lives go and i remember that feeling because morale in general was just so low that I happened to be a new hire at the time, so I didn't know any better, and I didn't have any baggage, and I was like, cool, this guy gave me a shot, and I'm going to do my best, you know? Um, but it was interesting learning, like, how people were dealing with the change and how they were dealing with this new crew and how they were dealing with his leadership, and I imagine there are circumstances that people get dropped into a leadership position or adopt a leadership position where they are almost, <laughs> like, just have to be ready for the worst possible like tension-filled atmosphere and what would you, right. they have what to would do you something do in that situation well see i'm not sure if i would be the right kind of person Shoot one of them and then say yeah get off my boat example. yeah yeah <laughs> you know I, there are some people that do that and there's well, some people that go in and fire a bunch of people <laughs> well you know they don't shoot everybody but yeah. they you know, they go in and they're like, who's the troublemakers? You and you get out, you know? Well, I can imagine too, like I was actually just thinking about this role similar to a president or something like that. Like 
already half the country or half your boat or whatever doesn't like a person yeah because of their views but then when they're put in there if things are instantly fixed everyone else hates them too and so it's like you can't expect somebody to make these drastic changes in such a short amount of time no and it's usually a crawl yeah and it it usually has such little to do with the person that's actually in charge and more of like the bigger thing that's happening like especially as far as like leading a country or something there's like tons of people who are making laws and changing things and voting and whatever else and like yeah. the process is so slow and i can imagine if somebody like takes over a company like they're not just like <laughs> changing everything or flopping the entire no they can't situation yeah they just have to jump in and like try and do whatever they it's can it's extremely political i mean yeah. I, it's totally exactly what you said yeah. you're dealing with like the heads of both parts of the old companies you're also dealing with individual personalities and people telling on other people and yeah it's like you know you're steering the worst vehicle ever the worst you boat to pick where you're going yeah and yeah. you're just, just trying not it. to sink right but right. it's funny i used to tell chris because that company did not do well and you could see it from a mile away and i was there for a year and a half and finally when i jumped ship haha that's my good like whatever pun fun yeah um i saw it and i was like i'm not going down with this i i told Chris I was like you know some people are gonna ride this till the bitter end mm-hmm. this seems like not a good this idea. is funny because I feel like we had this conversation a while ago if did we if you were the captain of the Titanic would you stay on it or would you jump off what I, I think you said you would stay on it but maybe well, not she no way the captain of this <laughs> company though she you was... would jump ship? I don't think I would ever stay on it till it... no I think you were talking to somebody else because I don't think I'd ever... if I was like this is failing miserably I'm not gonna first even of all... if you were the captain you'd be like see you later yeah I was well, like bye you guys you, yeah. and then I would disappear to a, an island because I think I think you get in a lot of trouble if you I think you do if you leave your boat yeah <laughs> so with, well with people on it yeah. yeah with people on it if you're yeah so I would if I was on the Titanic um i would do my best and then but i wouldn't just hang out and watch it sink like that sucks <laughs> I, I think that's not that's what the i role did of the captain no you're not supposed to die with your boat i think you are Maybe. i think unless every single person gets off yeah, you, you are to supposed to die person. you have to you should be the last person i don't think you're supposed off. to die jenny no i think if if not if everyone doesn't everyone make it off, off then you also have to go down your with job it. is to get make sure everyone gets off yes yes so hopefully if not everyone gets off then you can't get off that's true you can't just swallow a bunch of water and be like, well, so, there goes one person. It's me too, then. You try your best. <laughs> well, I mean, at that point, you should have used all the resources that could save yes. people. So yes, there's you none should. left for you. But you shouldn't yeah. just be like, these. But you can't be like, there's one closet. Sits there and then goes, no. well, I'm going to hang out on this deck chair until <laughs> no. this goes under. But I think yeah. if, well, if there's one lifeboat left, you wouldn't be like, this one's for me. See you later, suckers. I would probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, I, I need a better boat. This boat sucks. Well, I, <laughs> I'd be like, this is stupid. You know what I'd probably do though? I'd probably, if I saw it going bad, that's the thing. I feel like I feel like a good captain probably knows where you're going first of all, and probably has sonar or something on their boat so they stop running into things. Yeah. If you're if you're in weird territory, and you got a crappy boat, and you're See, in the middle the of icy waters. Titanic was not a crappy boat, I don't no, think. It was a luxury no, crappy it a boat. One. It was a gilded poopies. <laughs> what? Well, it was a know. nice boat. This feels a little bit like the Kobayashi Maru thing from, do you guys remember the first Star Trek movie? And, and Yeah, it's, yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. 
Do, do you guys know what I'm talking about? No, I don't know what that term is. Do you remember is. with Kirk? Kirk is in the like simulation thing, and there's like an unwinnable an situation on his ship. Mm. No. I mean, this probably happens in Star Trek, like every other. Well, episode. they they refer oh, to wait, it. What are you talking about? So, uh, so yeah, go ahead I don't and remember it, it but what do you? Okay, okay. So I'll, I'll talk about it because uh, Jenny, I don't know if you Jenny, did you see the first Star Trek movie? The no, new one? I didn't even oh. see it, but I just know of the. Yes, yeah. you, you did though. You did see it because I remember because you talked about the little alien with the bean. Oh yeah, that bean. Oh that oh, yeah, one, that yeah. Bean. Okay, the new Star Trek. Yeah, the new okay. yes, the new Star Trek movie. Yeah, yeah. That was funny. That bean part was my favorite part. <laughs> I was like, why are they talking about how this little guy can eat this bean? But I like it. There's a test that they give Kirk in the beginning in at the Academy that is basically for him to fail. Like, he's meant to fail. Yeah. And they're just trying to see how he's going to react to failing. And his, oh. his reaction is like, I'm not going to fail. That's, that's how he reacts. And Spock gets very mad because he said, well, you might fail, though. And what happens when you do how are you going to react? That like sounds like Titanic me and you ships. talking. <laughs> that sounds like that's really funny. Okay, keep going. But I, but I, I think that's interesting. And I think about, I mean, all the Enterprise captains and probably the captain of the Titanic. I remember when I read about the Titanic as a kid, all I could think is like that captain is married to the ship. Like you're basically yeah. that's all you love. That's the love of your life is that ship. So if it does something happens to it then you don't mind going down with it because that's your yeah. life well you're supposed you know? to be trying to make it work until it goes down the whole time right. and not stop right <laughs> so you're willing to you're willing to go with it because you know i mean you you don't want it to die i am shaking if- my head i feel like <laughs> okay so uh, obviously um in a in a situation, you understand a company. why it's it's expected of why the captain. You, yeah, I understand why you would try your because best. Because if you if it was okay for the captain to leave, then at the first sign of trouble, he'd just be like, "Well, see no, you no, later. no." Boop, and that's not what out. I mean. Not the first sign of trouble, the one millionth sign of trouble. That that is that is <laughs> Wait, a, okay. So if you're so, gonna relate this back to a company, yes, if you're and like, I will, and I'll tell you exactly well, how this is. I quit, even if it's your business. Yes. <laughs> If it was what? my business, and you're gonna leave yeah. it to a bunch of whoever. No, I would. I would be like, you guys are sinking. I'm gonna start a new one and get a new boat. That's how, exactly <laughs> how I would do it. And I, I feel bad, not really saying that, but I do think that that is actually. I did it once like that, didn't I? And I took you, Chris, yeah, my first mate, and I let I let our other friend. I'm Riker. Yeah, <laughs> Spock. I, okay, so I'll I'll tell you two examples. <laughs> When I was at uh, this job that was going poorly, it started off poorly. It was a big mess. And I was there for a year and a half doing everything in my power to make it right. Everything. Jobs that weren't mine. I took over the licensing aspect of it. I, I had many discussions about how to... Not only like not only how to make sales better and do cool things with the artwork and all that kind of stuff and make whatever, but I like went out of my way to take care of some of like the like the behind the scenes stuff and catch you know like keep track of of all of like the okay so here I'm gonna stop being vague so I was an art director for a stationary company. And it was a very small team, and we had a ton of different artists working um, 
for the catalog and it was awesome. However, um, despite if I were just to do my job, which was really actually pretty easy, was to look for cool people to work with, hire them to do projects, give them the standard contract, get the artwork, put it into the production line, get it out to the stores, all that kind of stuff. Um, if that was all that I needed to do was be an art director and that's I just had to get it done, and if I didn't care about the rest of it, I probably would have just sat there until whenever. However, the bigger issue with that company was that they had never resolved putting the two together. And so there were big holes everywhere. There was nobody taking care of once it passed my desk and it got to accounting. There was a big problem keeping track of all of the royalties for all these people. So when I saw that problems started happening, I went right over there and I said, you need to fix this. And when they didn't fix it, I sat there and I fixed part of it, which didn't make any sense for me to do. It was not my job. And I did that mm -hmm. for a very long time. When that was semi-patched over and people were getting their checks and stuff, other bigger financial issues were happening with that company where they weren't paying their bills to the envelope suppliers and all this kind of stuff. And I could see it because I was in touch with the people who were in charge of those things. The other art director or the other, you know, VP of the company was doing real shady stuff all over the place. You know, you cannot control the actions of every single person. Mm -hmm. But I thought about it and I was like, this is not fixable. I could sit here and try my best and stay all day, every day trying to fix this garbage or... I could stop wasting my time on something that's destined to sink into the ocean and let it be what it is. And I was yeah. like, all right, after a year and a half of sitting and doing this thing, I was like, my personal reputation is also on the line, being connected with a thing that is not very good. I am not, yeah. after trying, 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 I am not going to do this anymore. So I left. And I haven't really told anybody that that was the reason why I left that place, but that that is it. And I said, this is not the way I want things to be dealt. I don't want, I don't want to be connected with a place that's all messed up. The end. Yeah. And then I left, and I was like, all right, I don't care what happens to you guys now, because nobody wanted to work to make this thing better. And if I had a bunch of crew that was just like floating around and not trying very hard, I'd be like good luck <laughs> and see you later. And I wouldn't sabotage it, but I would not sit there and wait until everything blew up. You know right. what I mean? But mm -hmm. if you were the captain, if it was you, I was the job. captain of my brand. Right. Well, but you if, were, you were like the leader in the engine room. Well, we're not on the, that boat. Well, I'm but, saying but that, I, that it was <laughs> real. The real job was, it was for whoever was in full charge to recognize where the problems were and, fix them whether it was getting he new stayed people. there until it went right. down yeah but he right. yeah he did but and he, everybody hated him for it and he nothing happened well and i know i'm saying he's a bad captain i'm not saying that i thought he was pretty good well, i just should think have it was a rid doomed of the ship. people who weren't doing anything i mean i, I feel like he it, did it but a, you could only fire so many people that's the problem you know what i mean like no matter how hard he tried he couldn't get anybody to do anything to save the boat it was just well i mean that seems like a bad leader in that case then you think leaders are able to fix everything he hired a, a, a huge company to come in and try and fix it for him they had a board of which investors. never works that's always no. the works yeah. i mean but I mean, that when they when they combined the companies it was a mess so somebody had to do it right and i left a company under similar circumstances where a third party came in to manage it and it it just never works i don't i've ne i've 
That's like very little that's experience. That's like those business, companies who are like, we'll I, manage your social media. And you're like, how do you even know what we're doing? <laughs> or yeah. how do you know what yeah. we want to say or whatever? But that's the hard thing with this like situation is like, what? when do you, in your specific role, you lead the best you can and then you give people fair warning that if you don't hit your goal, you need to stop. And that's what I did with those guys. And I said, if we don't fix this problem, then I'm leaving. I didn't just like up and not come back in one day. Right. You know? I think everything that you did was that that was good and made sense and had followed po- protocol because, I mean, what, what else? Yeah, and I do? think the leader needed to find more people like you or inspire people to... Yeah. I mean, it might be p- crappy people at the company, but ultimately that's the leader's fault. Yeah, that, that's the crappy thing about being the leader is even if it technically isn't their fault. I mean, what if you had an employee who was just like taking art off the wall and, and punching their fist through it? <laughs> I'd be like, get out. <laughs> yeah, and you because it, it, yeah, it's not the employee's fault. It's, it's your fault if you keep them around. And every time they punch a piece of art on the wall, you're like, <laughs> you're like well, why did I hire this person? Yeah, you're like, I'm sure it'll yeah. write itself eventually. <laughs> eventually, there'll what? be no more art left to punch. Right. Well, yes. There. Yes. That would be really crappy. No one does that. Nobody. And just in case anybody's worried, nobody comes in and punches the artwork. I'm saying that because they're all mounted on these boards, and they just seem oh, like they'd be, be so satisfying to do Chris some No, I'm gonna have to fire you, Chris. I I feel like okay. So then the the situation is hard. Then so I'm gonna flip this and give this to you guys because if you were if you were in charge of. Uh, I'm just going to make a nice, nice, tiny number. Five people. If you're in charge of five people and you had to, and they were people like, say two of them hated each other, but they're both really great artists. And you guys had a studio mm-hmm. or something like that. And one was kind of lazy, but brilliant when they were doing something interesting. And then, I don't know, then everybody else was okay. And they were fine. But together, everybody was. <laughs> <laughs> one good one. They they all did (laughs) They all did their job Okay so everybody's getting stuff done Right but you got some weird social issues Right or some like Some people that hate each other One lazy one that watches YouTube all the time or whatever Right (laughs) I feel like you should just get new people (laughs) So what do you do though because everybody's got those flaws Every single person Has something that they're not good at Right but then the rest of what they're good at Is the thing that you hired them for Right Mm Mm-hmm. What would you do if if every day you were like, I hate going to work because these turds are making my life <laughs> life. Maybe you do fire. <laughs> do you do you how would you deal with it hypothetically? Would you talk individually to everybody Fair and be like shape up or ship out? Fire them all. You're gonna well, fire them. I think I think it would be a mixture. I feel or like if you, you were like, the one who was yeah. in charge of who's working there, then you could, you know, work towards either you know, I don't think you have to say ship up or shape out. Ship, shape up or ship up. <laughs> Would you be but like, I think you can hey, say, you guys, let's motivate you to do something yeah, cool Yeah, and each person yeah. needs to be motivated in a different way. So whether it's assigning projects that are more suited to the one person's abilities, so they're always staying engaged, or if it's, um, you know, seating people in a different way so they're not always fighting in each other's faces. And, and you know, it, I think there's ways that you can motivate someone without just saying like you need to do better or else you're fired so what about in school when people are like i'm sick of my teacher just telling me everything's great all the time i like the ones that that make you cry i don't know if anybody has ever says that wait 
Oh, what about that? There are people that are like, well, there are definitely, when I go to school, people are like, I wish people would just be really harsh. And then you're like, I don't think you really want that. Yeah, I don't think Because I feel like, yeah. I, oh, oh, I'm going to go on a rant about that Like you want people, you want somebody else to get yelled at. You never want to be like ripped to shreds. No. Yeah. Because you're like, I want somebody who's obviously not doing their job to get theirs, you know? Don't you yeah. think that's why people say that? I probably sometimes. Sometimes I think people say that because they think that by getting yelled at or by being tough, they are learning about the real world of life outside school. But the truth is, there's no way to learn that except for actually living. And I think when students come out of school and they're like, "Teachers aren't hard enough on me," a lot of it is just like uh, placing blame. On yeah. their education also also out, outside of school nobody will yell at you about your artwork either no you one just won't get hired no one <laughs> you get the silent no one fail. will talk at you yeah yeah. The, yeah silent the most silent fail yeah yeah that's what you should name the podcast silent fail the most silent fail yeah all right i'll write it down okay all, right. all you deserve yeah but you know what i mean I, and people are like i i want i want somebody to get in trouble like i want somebody to i want somebody to be made an example of because then everybody will see how people serious. People are gross. Yeah, that's, well, that's what people do all the time. They're like, I wish people would be more serious. And then you're like, you're only saying that today because you don't really believe that. You like coming into class and having a good atmosphere and knowing that you can do something and be inspired. And, and that's how I feel like it should be. But then yeah. you always hear, you always hear it. People are like, everybody else should be working harder because I'm doing it perfect. Mm-hmm. Sure you are. That's why. So if you've got your five people to manage, okay. So you're the manager, and you got one who's really angry, and two that hate each other, <laughs> and then some mediocre ones, and some, and that lazy one, right? Um, how do you think that you would get people to all go in the same direction? What would your method, your your best tactic? I think fear. you have to make Do you want us care? to just say we would burn the place down and then walk away? <laughs> no. And say, ship no. sinking, mother. <laughs> no, you, and you wouldn't. And you wouldn't. But you you might change things, wouldn't you? Yeah. D- change maybe. is always a good dynamic. Francesca, you and I were talking about this before. Sometimes change forces everything to move around. And yeah. sometimes people are uncomfortable with that. But sometimes it fixes things that weren't fixable with the current situation. Right. How do you feel about change, you guys? I mean, I like it. Would you change the dynamic? Is that yeah. would that yeah, be the I first think thing within you did? R- reason? I feel like there's sometimes where people are like, "Well, I'm bored making um, the product that we make," or something. You know, like yeah. maybe somebody makes my mom makes the bar exams. Yeah. For the nation, or whatever. Wow. the bar exam, the the test that lawyers have That's, to take. And I didn't know that. If That's you worked really cool. at that, yeah. if you worked at that the the organization that does that and you were like boy tests sure are boring i wish we didn't have to make tests all day you know they're not going to like rearrange and be like you know what instead we're going to make cool motorboat decals how do you like that like there's a certain <laughs> limit to how much you can change your business right, right. but would you change would you would you be like you there complainy or oh you there lazy person we're gonna we're gonna get you something that it's more exciting. Well, I can think of an example. There's there's a company downtown, a large company that yeah. shall remain nameless. Uh-huh. All right. But they, I, I mean, there's a point where people get lazy, people get bored, people get angry, people get upset. And, that's, and that's what they do when you have a company a like thing. that, 
they and the change they make a lot of time there is just to move them somewhere else. Yes. yes. And say, mm-hmm. try this out, try this out. And people shift around that company sometimes for years and years and years. Sometimes they find the right place. Sometimes they don't. Um, but, uh, you know, if you're in a company of five people, you don't really have that luxury of shit changing Moving people that around much. that much. Yeah. No. But you could change them around a little bit and say, like, if you don't like this particular task, you know, I can yeah. find somebody who does and you can help over here or. Yeah. I or mean, I, I think the other the thing road. is there are lots of boring tasks that come with every single job. Yeah, and so it's job. not. That's, the, that's why it's a job. And not yeah. A, right. And like you're not going to find a job then. that you're like, oh, finally, somebody's letting me do anything I want forever. <laughs> like, that's just not how it works, you know? So I don't yeah. think people can be like, finally, I'll be like satisfied if I get moved into like the perfect thing where all I get to do is like this thing that I only want to do and nothing else. The thing that I think is really interesting is I bet you guys if we hired somebody that came in and that was super lazy I think that we would all be instantly furious. Okay. I mean I'm furious. (laughs) Yeah. Just in life. I would be furious. You know what I mean? If if somebody came in and you're like, we like are all working like hard. Like they're like and they just like. They just like, <laughs> yeah. They just lie on the ground and yeah. don't do anything. And we were like, what are I you would doing? Fire them. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, you think about it and you're like, how come, how come sometimes uh, the working style of somebody doesn't rub off or like on other people? How come no matter how like, how how the engine is working or whatever how come you get some random person that comes in and just defies all like concepts of of how it's supposed to be going you're like look at this like finely tuned thing you throw Mm -hmm. a person in there and you have no idea how they're going to react are they going to are they going to excel are they going to do something exciting are they going to be not doing anything laying on the ground like how do you as a leader set up a, a expectations I mean, well, how do you do I that? Mean, what would you do the, if you hired a new person? The hard, okay, first of all, you hired the person. So I would hope that you would weeded out a lot of the the kind of... Say they were a genius. Say they were a friend of your cousin. No, no, no. Oh. No, 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 no. <laughs> Say they were a genius, but they were angry. <laughs> okay? But I don't know if I would hire them. Yeah. I, really? Yeah. One okay. thing that I always tell my students is... That the thing that people need is to be, you need to be a pleasant person to work with. Yeah. Because even if you are a genius, if you are unrelatable, if you are a horrible person to, you know, like interact with, even if you're a genius, nobody's going to want to bother doing that. Mm -hmm. So Really? You don't think they'd be like, this person is such a talented person. Would you? You wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. I'm just asking. Mm-hmm. No, I wouldn't. I'd be like, no, actually, I, I, jerk. Uh, <laughs> I'd be like, there was, I there was a nice fire, people. a firing over here. Not, not currently in my company. Are you talking about in Seattle in general? No, no. The, <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess before my time, there was somebody that was um, let go because of bad mean? attitude. Yeah. Good. So, so I was like, well, that actually, that's a thing. I, I feel like I feel like if you work by yourself, if you are the only person that works at your company, then you can afford to be the biggest, dumbest person <laughs> right, ever. Right, but let's say you were let's say you were our job. If you worked 
<laughs> I feel you, like you couldn't afford to be big and dumb. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, you could. You if you were if you were a jerk and you were just cranking out awesome stuff, and you never had to talk to an individual ever because your art was just flying yeah, through but email. Yeah, what job is that? I mean, even, email. Even people are bad at email. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you have a really tolerant set of art directors that maybe you're just super jerk, but you're. Your art's good. Why, people are like, I'm willing to read this dumb email. Okay, so no. Then I think people could probably survive because they're, they they have a party of one. In solitary. <laughs> right, and and then that they find the job that fits their personality in that case. And, and they what don't were you going to just ask me? Weren't you going to ask me a question too about that? About Well, I was saying that, I mean, we work here. Yeah. Um, but if you were a total, I mean, ultimately we are talking to the clients and things like that. And if we just, like if art director sent changes and we're just like, that's a dumb change. I'm not doing that. You're a peen. And then... <laughs> You probably wouldn't be working there very long, no. you know. <laughs> so I'm trying to think of any jobs. Like maybe if you had an online store and you were just fulfilling orders, but even then we still deal with a lot of people who are dealing with orders, you know. Yeah. 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 I don't know how many jobs. Maybe if you were a Oh, nope, oh, maybe you took ticket stubs and you didn't have to say anything to anyone. I know, but even a person who's taking your ticket stub could be a jerk. I well, mean, all right. What if you're like an like a incredible scientist and you're so good at well, that's what the only thing I can DNA think of, analysis or something or I don't know what they do. But you probably aren't if, because <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe you are though. Part maybe. of being in any work environment is dealing with the people you're working with. That's true. And maybe that's returning to what you said, Francesca, in the very beginning. I think that is a super skill. And what you said, Jenny, about sometimes people aren't the best at the the thing that the company does, but they're an incredible people manager and mm-hmm. an incredible smoother over of stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like that, that's where that comes in. And that's a job in itself. You know, you just happen to be in the industry, but what your job really is, is being a people person, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, well, and that, and, and I feel like in most situations, whether it's a restaurant where there's a bunch of servers and they all have their different personalities and conflicts and all sorts of things, which is exactly, I mean, a lot of the jobs I have, like growing up when I worked at video stores or uh, cable companies or all sorts of things, it's there's a lot of like personal interactions that are like, I don't like the person who works a night shift because they do this and blah, blah, blah. And the manager's job really is just to run around and be like, shh, shh I'll fix it. You know, like, don't worry about that. Are you petting well, their head? Yeah, I'm petting their head. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, and they're basically like just running around. Really short person. <laughs> they're just running around and managing tiny relationships. Yeah. 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 Because um, that's what your job is. Your job is to make sure your whole crew can do something yeah. together because you're not sitting there like putting coal in the furnace or whatever. That's not your job. Your job is to make sure that the coal furnace guy is enjoying his coal times. Yeah. You got to make sure that. <laughs> do you think that do you think that everybody is cut out for that job? What do you think? What? I don't think that for I think a manager? some people are not meant to, to lead. I do think that is the truth. What do you think that is a, a weak weak constitution? No, <laughs> I just think other people are have different skill sets. Yeah. And I think you could everyone could probably lead if they needed to, but not everybody wants to or should. Did I say this in the beginning? I was saying this to Jenny before. I said I said uh, my opinion is that somebody has to lead and that 
seniority is one of those sensitive things where if a person that's been there for a while that has the potential to lead does not want to, they have to be okay with moving over and letting somebody else do it if progress is to be made. I th- yeah. I think that that is I, a hard choice. It's either you you try to be a manager and you try to learn the skills if you're not comfortable or you do the thing you do and somebody else does the management stuff. You know what I mean? I don't think there can be one without the other. And I think it's interesting because we were talking about somebody that I that I know who has had many, many years at certain places and they have never once asked for an assistant manager or manager position ever. Mm-hmm. They've, I don't know why. Because I feel like that would know. be the I, first. I think that makes sense. Really? I, don't think I would want. Yeah, no, I wouldn't want to do that. Oh my god, it's like There's the f- no way. first thing that I tried to do every time. I, I like even at my retail jobs, like in high school or in wherever. Like the only thing I wanted was to be the assistant manager and then the manager. That's like the mm-hmm. only thing that I ever, you know, certainly I didn't want to be personality type. I think that. There's definitely yeah, people I, I who really don't want, don't that. want to be the manager. Really? You don't I think not being a leader even, sucks? <laughs> really? Yes. Not even in a thing that you really enjoyed? That you could just yeah, see how get, cool it could be if you could only like push it a little bit to wherever, you know? Like you But you don't get to do it though. You're telling somebody else to do it. This is like a common situation at a lot of design places where the designers get hired as junior designers then move up to designers and then senior designers and then eventually they're mo- asked to move i mean even a lot of cases senior designers is like creative like a, director yeah like a ma- more of a management position than it is a designer position and it's um higher up the chain you move the less artwork and designing you that actually is true do. and i think it's and i, I know there's a lot of people choose. who want to stay low on that totem there's i mean there's two different types of people there's the people who want to move it up as fast as possible and there's the people who want to move up to the point where they're comfortable but they don't want to go to the point where they're no longer doing the thing doing the you know in the trenches or whatever i mean there's a combo it's like one on one hand hand you are you don't get to do the thing that you want to do or the thing you love to do maybe you do if you like being in charge of people but then the other crappy part is if something goes wrong it's your fault even though you're basically your job is to take responsibility and that you are getting paid that amount of money you're getting paid to to take responsibility i don't care <laughs> like i'd rather just make the stuff really like, and yeah what if you got I, to I, go after the kinds of stuff that you'd rather be doing instead of just taking whatever somebody hands you i would but do that on my off to somebody like else. the other thing is i i find that i get fulfillment making the stuff i want to make outside of work because if, like I said, the the thing about being in charge and taking responsibility means that it encroaches on, like, all parts of your life. Or it would if, if I was in charge. I feel like I would not, I would have a harder time separating, like, professional stuff from personal stuff. And I like to work in my personal time, but I don't want it to be some kind of, like, political struggle. I would rather it be making things. Well, here's the thing. So there are plenty of like, when Jenny mentioned this, there's plenty of behind the scenes stuff that happens here at Light Gray that um, it's a very different feeling 
like say for example i would have never ever put out the call for art for cosmos mm-hmm. and i sat in my house and did it myself did cosmos mm-hmm. yourself the whole thing and i said i don't care if anybody else participates in this sit there and do it all myself all day mm-hmm. is that what you wanted to do though no because i feel like the idea of having it exist is more important than me getting to do every single piece of it and i feel like there are some people that have an idea of an experience that maybe they choose i mean i was able to choose my participation in this one and this is this is interesting i did put an like a million extra hours you know into the middle of the night as did you guys to do our best on a project that we did not do every single card. Mm-hmm. But then you think about it and you're like, that is a case where somebody somewhere had to not only sacrifice like a piece of the minutia and hope that the whole team could do it. But it's also really cool because ultimately it exists. Whereas, yeah. and it exists faster and probably cooler than if I would have sat in my house and did it myself. Yeah, There's like think- no way, you know. Right, but that's that's more your prerogative and your approach to things like this. And, but I and think there's about other that. people who would do it all themselves, and if they did that, you would say, "Wow, that was a great achievement." You know, well, the other thing have, is, yeah, it would have been a great achievement either way. But I, but I do think it is interesting though because I feel like, I feel like it takes maybe some. It's a lot. It's a big risk to do either one. It's a big effort to do either one. But I think about it and I'm like, well. Maybe it's the fact that we as a small team have comfort in how our process goes, that we're okay with going out on a limb and being like, will Cosmos be cool or not? We're just going to see and trust a billion people to do something awesome, you know? And you think about yeah. that and you're like, the, our leadership role in Cosmos is funny. Chris, Chris showed Jenny this and you guys read me a couple of these. There's a big thread on some tarot forum mm-hmm. about the Cosmos deck. And I said, don't read it to me. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I don't want to hear anything about anything, you know, um, because I'm a little self-conscious about uh, a critique, I suppose. You know, I mean, I'll hear it. And I, I, anything anybody has to say is probably for a good reason. But I just came off of it and I was like, okay, that's fine. But then you did say in there somewhere, um, all sorts of like, you know, people were saying things about like, oh yeah, collaborative decks don't always resonate with me, but this is really interesting. Or there'd be things like, you know, I don't know, this is, this is what it is. I mean, there's like a whole chunk of, of information in there. And I, I forget the real reason I brought that up. I think there was some reason I brought that up besides that. But I guess the point is, um, it's just funny to think about a project as, you know, uh, okay, so I guess besides all this random stuff that I was just saying, the other alternative is not just sitting in your house doing it yourself, but what if we had a client come and tell us to do the Cosmos deck? Okay. It would be a very different experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean- that's a reason I think being a manager is sometimes worth all the craziness that it comes with. Because yeah, it would be think, totally different if some random person was like, you make my Cosmos deck now. You yeah. I, you mean like you would not be a manager if a client asked you to do it? Yes. 
it would I would not have the same sort of uh, decisive ability. You know, I wouldn't be able to. Well, like, it'd just be different. I mean, I don't think it's worse if someone. No, it's not worse. It's just different. Asked you to do it, you would say. No, I'd sucks. be all. No, no, no. That's not what I said. I said I. It would be different. If I could choose between those three scenarios, I would choose the one that we chose. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I would choose the one that we chose. And instead of just getting paid to make a Cosmos deck, like from some company or something like that, I would rather mm-hmm. take the risk, like front a bunch of cash for it, see if it works, go through the craziness, do mm-hmm. it and work with a bunch of fun people and see if it works. And I would rather choose all of the craziness that comes with that than just to sit and execute or to do it at my house by myself, or to get it from a client and have more parameters and, you know, do it as a client job or something like that. And so that's what I was going to ask you about that, is I, I feel like, would you would you relate that experience at all to being a manager? Yeah, I, I think in the the desired outcome is what I was thinking about when you first were talking about this, because yeah. you're saying... The reason that this is good is because the Cosmos deck exists. So the the desired outcome is this finished product. And I think that makes sense with the job of a leader, which is, again, you're, you're trying to get your forces united to do one thing. But the other part of making something is the act of making something. So say you're doing it by yourself in your house. Yeah, yeah. The, the process of doing it, is the part that I enjoy most. Like, it's not necessarily... It's cool to finish a thing, but I really like just making. Like, that. That like if I could pick how I want to spend my day, I'd much rather continue to make something than, you know, be in charge. And I think that might just be telling, too, in the difference of personality between somebody who wants to be a leader who is a leader and somebody who's not. Is, um, the, you know, what kind of what you want to get out of the project. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, when you and Roxy were putting together the concept for an anthology back in the day. (laughs) Yeah. Our horrible, horrible. (laughs) Well, we finished it. (laughs) No, it's, uh... it's good. And I, I mean, I, you did take on a leadership role because you were, you were working with a bunch of people, you were getting it together. You had to go through all of the administrative stuff. I mean, all that kind of stuff happened. Right. And so you have put yourself in that position. Yes. Before. Oh yeah, I've been I've been in the position before, but it's not my favorite. That's all. Okay. Like I think it's important that people do it. You would prefer probably, not to. Yeah, it's important that I do it sometimes because I, I think everybody probably should, even for I don't know perspective, empathy, and, oh, yeah. and perspective, and all these things. But if given the choice, like you're saying, like with the Cosmos deck, you you know you had this idea and you really wanted to make it when I come up with ideas, I love, I do love collaborating and I'll work on other people's projects, but I, several times I've come up with ideas of collaborative projects where I was in charge and they never really go anywhere because that's not, I don't know. That's just not my bag. I'm not, I'm you not just really didn't push in, it. Yeah. I'm not, I don't know. I, that's, not my favorite activity. Yeah. Well, I was thinking earlier about this, and I think there's a difference when we were talking about teachers versus like a more administrative role where it's easy to see like the president of a school where you're like, obviously you are a leader of the school and you're like the voice of this thing and you understand the role and whatever else. There's a difference between being in charge of 
a group of people, like your 20 students, and being in charge of like paperwork and files and a project. So like one is like a project manager and the other one's a people manager. Like yeah. Cosmos would have been totally different if we had 100 artists in the gallery working on their pieces and trying to manage that versus like them in their own space doing their own thing and us just worrying about like files, which is totally different. I you think know? that that in... Yes, but we didn't just deal with files. We dealt right. with all sorts of logistics. We dealt with like trying to create an experience for the artist that was going to be rewarding. Mm-hmm. We did deal with personalities and like all good ones, thank goodness, you know, mm-hmm. and all of the negotiation between like, you know, being helpful or how to, how to, you know, what to provide people to make it easier to manage the experience of somebody. And I think all of that was with purpose. And so I think even if we aren't face to face, you know, it's still as much about working with a bunch of people as it is just to grab files and put it together, you know, Mm -hmm. and maintain relationships. And I think that that's something we care a lot about, obviously, you know, I want to just reiterate, I am not saying any of those Cosmos options is any less than any other one. I am just saying my personal preference is the one that we chose. Mm-hmm. If it was, if somebody just said, pick, pick your, pick which one. And, and I would have picked the one that we picked, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think it is interesting that you said that some people are interested in managing things and some people are not do you then what do you guys feel like would you rather just have a bunch of tasks to do and just get them done or would you rather come up with a vision and find fun people to see if it can you know work out and delegate and be willing to to get like I mean can you still be an ideas person do you do is it yes because I also think like it's you're a problem solver in both cases. Right. I don't I don't necessarily think like one version is like you have this massive open field of anything you can do and then the other one is is like a bean counter. Like I think No, no, no. No, no. You like like anytime we get a freelance job, we have design control over something. We have the ability to suggest things and to negotiate our concepts and to make something interesting and to hold ourselves accountable. I mean, there's like a lot of personal management stuff too. I'm just I'm just thinking about like you said is it a personality thing? I don't I don't know if you said it exactly like that, but do you but you would you know some people just don't want to have to manage stuff. Well, like one thing a manager See, it's funny because I can't. There's, I have a hard time viewing the positive side of being a manager. Do you like? I'm. I imagine it's control, but I can't. I don't know what's appealing about it. But like, if I think about it, so a manager has this project, and the manager assigns different tasks to each person, and the manager can say, "Okay, you're gonna do this," and that person's like, "Okay, I'll I'll do this," and it could be something like, "You're gonna design the font that we're gonna use," or whatever. I think it's just that they they are supposed to be able to recognize people's strengths and to be able to delegate and to be able to be efficient in some cases, right. and other and that also includes people skills. Uh, Chris, would you ever be a manager? Um. Yeah, I mean, I I think 
I would prefer the tasks, but I would also not mind being a manager. But if I was going to be a manager, I'd want it to be at a very focused, specific task. So I guess um, if that makes sense, instead of just being like, figure out what we're going to do with the entire company, I would want to say your job is this. You're going to manage this small team of people who are going to execute on this one specific section. So the thing we need to execute is very well defined, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. That does make sense. And Francesca, this is probably the last question I have for the podcast. Um, You told me once that there is a moment where you have to allow people to show you what they've got. Mm-hmm. And as a manager, your job is not just to make people do what you said, but you say, what can you bring to this? And yeah. and I feel like that is a really interesting way of managing, and I think it's a really great way because, of course, like unless you are best friends with every single person you work with, you really don't know what people are capable of until you give them the chance to try something. But Mm -hmm. as a manager, you also have to be willing to take that risk that somebody's actually going to do it. Didn't you say you were reading a book about that? I'm reading, I'm reading an Abraham Lincoln book and like with all the president stuff that I've been looking at recently. What about that one? Isn't there a Pixar book? Oh, are you talking about the Pixar one? Yeah. The thing that I thought was interesting about that, it wasn't directly leaders or leadership, but they were talking about failure and how failure should just be something that you account for and you you don't even call it failure. It's just sometimes you need to take directions that might not turn out and you need to expect that that's going to happen so you don't think of it as failure. And so, I mean, in this case, maybe you do give somebody a shot at doing something and you don't punish or berate them if it doesn't turn out because you know that part of the process is, you know, not succeeding or succeeding in quotation marks. I'm not sure how they define exactly what success and failure is, but they kind of don't label it sort of to make people feel more comfortable with just doing what they need to do. Well, that's the thing that I thought was exceptional leadership qualities is trusting the people that you work with to do something and to allow them to try and not just to try always the safe version. Yeah. So I think it's like that thing that where if somebody changes, completely changes a way that, you know, like our, we've got a great intern. His name is James. Um, he came in the other day and just stumbled upon a random thing within our form system that completely is going to save Jenny like hours of time mm-hmm. <laughs> randomly just I was like can you figure out how this other thing works and he was clicking around in there and he found something and he's like hey maybe this would help and I was like oh my god that would help so much and it was something where we've never gone and looked for it we had never thought that we needed it um and he only knows a piece of what we're up to you know the parts that he's involved in but he was still able to kind of like figure something out just by thinking ahead of like what was efficient and like I think that's interesting to give people the chance to do that. I mean he could have been clicking around in there for like four hours and not found anything and I would have been like okay well there, there's another day gone you know but instead you know just giving somebody the chance to see what they can find I think is interesting and I think that that has to come from like a willingness to 
to allow people to, you know, try beyond what you think they should be doing as a manager. Yeah, and I do, I do think like there is this pressure that people feel like in order to prove that they've done something, you know, like you're like, oh, I don't have anything to show for what I've done today. You know, I think that is. I mean, I feel like that at work all the time. I'm like, shoot, what did I do today? We basically sat around and talked for like a half an hour or half the day. So for four hours, you're sitting and talking and essentially brainstorming. And it's funny because the moment that you come up with the right idea, like it only takes like a minute, but it's easy to undermine like the four hours before that, that you had to work through to come up with the the idea. And sometimes on days like that, I, I get a little tiny piece of guilt because I'm like, did we not, we didn't make any drawings today. Did we not work hard enough today? But I don't think that's true. Like, especially in the kind of work that we do, like as designers, a lot of it is thinking. And that means you have to kind of work through a lot of different ideas and not necessarily have a pile of stuff to say, look what I've done, you know? Yeah. Well, I think that's a, I think that's a good point. So let's do this. I think that was a good place to to wrap up our conversation for today. We have a lot, obviously a lot of thoughts about the the concept of what being a leader actually means. I would love to hear uh, how other people are managing things in general. If you're a teacher, if you are a manager somewhere, if you have a small like collaborative team and you guys are doing collaborative projects like if anybody is out there that wants to tell us how they do it it'd be really interesting to hear your perspective and where can people find us chris well you can email us at podcast at lightgrayartlab.com you can find us on twitter at lightgrayartlab you can like us on facebook and find out about upcoming events cookie parties openings closing receptions game nights all that good stuff there you can follow us on tumblr where light gray art gallery dot tumblr dot tumblr dot com yep that's right um he's like oh you can follow us on instagram like gray art lab and you can subscribe to this show on the itunes music store or stream it directly on stitcher radio that is awesome and keep an eye out i keep saying it every week new call for art that's going to be up here on the blog so thanks again for listening and we'll talk with you soon (laughs) 